every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. Right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. February 2nd, a Tuesday, a snowy Tuesday evening. But it's the week leading up to the Super Bowl, so there's a lot of excitement around town. Uh, I say that like we're in Tampa Bay. We're not. I mm-hmm. am on one side of the border, and my co-host, who looks very intelligent tonight, is on the other side. Pep, how you doing? Good. I'm rocking my paperboy hat, just like Tampa Bay head coach Bruce Arians has been rocking for, oh, Jesus. I don't think he wore a paperboy hat as an assistant, but ever since he started head coaching in, in uh, Arizona, he started wearing this bad boy. So uh, representing, and it it's an indicator of who I'm cheering for, not necessarily who I think will win, but who I'm cheering for. Right? Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I didn't know. You know why? I didn't know you were going for the box. Yeah, why? Explain I, well, to us. I got to tell you, because uh, guys like Tom Brady in their early 40s give hope for the rest of us who want to continue to play sports, even if it's recreation. You know, no matter what it is, if it's golf or, you know, co-ed basketball or men's league basketball or women's league, whatever, it gives you hope that you can continue to do it until you're whatever, whatever age. So I like to see he's a bit of an underdog right now. I don't think he's the I don't think they're favored. So I kind of like rooting for the underdog. And I don't really have an affiliate with other team other than Byron Leftwich and uh, Bruce Arians. So typically I'll go for the guys who have former Steelers, not Le'Veon Bell. All right. Well, kudos. I hope yeah. that, uh, you know, all this is good motivation for you to, uh, you know, maybe get uh, follow your sports endeavors and have a team carry you like the Bucs have been carrying uh, Brady. But anyway, let's uh, <laughs> we got some intro stuff uh, to kind of do. Uh, we wanted to send a, a real big thank you to the crew from No Holds Barred. Uh, there's another show that's on Cap City Beats Sunday evenings at seven o'clock. And uh, you and I were fortunate enough to be uh, invited on for a Super Bowl football edition uh, of No Holds Barred. And uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. I don't know about you, but it was, uh, the trivia stuff was really good. Yeah, I love trivia personally. But, you know, coming up with the questions and stuff, it's always tricky. And I thought uh, Kwame, who um, I guess was the moderator at that point, was, uh, did a great job of... Uh, coming up with these interesting questions. So it, it was fun. I loved it. And you, I think you had the answer of the, of the night. You pulled away. You, you won it for us. It was like, a, it was like Batista's home run when the question was, <laughs> who was the MVP of the 1992 world series? And I, in my head, I thought, Oh, was it Kelly Gruber? No. Was it Ed Sprague? I don't think so. And then I thought Robbie Alomar. And then you came out of nowhere and said, no, dude, it was Pat borders. Yes, sir. Long-haired mullet. The mullet. The yeah, he had a lot of clutch hitting in that uh, that series. Defensively, yep. was very good. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, I can't. You know, I was probably a ninety percent confident at the time, but when it was uh, actually time to pull the trigger, I wasn't a hundred percent. But I'm glad we did. It was uh, it was a turning point. The TSN turning point of the trivia night it, because dude. it was a steal. So it was double points, and it was double anyway. We ended up winning. Yeah. You see, that there's a lot of pressure. I felt there's a lot of pressure when we go on there. And if we got like destroyed from a trivia standpoint, um, as as much as I am the last person I would want to have on a trivia thing, I cannot regurgitate information. I can problem solve, 
and I can diagnose and I can, you know, go over, uh, analyze games and stuff. But if it's regurgitating information, not good at it. I can attest to that. You spent three <coughs> hours upgrading my microphone and uh, some, some material here that I'm now using to uh, just better my sound and better how I sound and how I hear. And, uh, yeah, you are a troubleshooter master. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I got to say your background looks a lot better. Your lighting looks better. Your mic sounds yeah. a bit better. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed, I changed my background a little bit too. So I got Ooh, the blue yes, background, yes. but yeah. we got this new sign here. And if, uh, for those who are on video, they could see it. It's a big, it's like 20, uh, 24 inches a circle of our logo. It's made out of 16 gauge metal or something. Anyway, I found this guy on uh, Facebook Marketplace. I was looking at his signs. I thought they were really cool looking. And uh, spoke to the owner, uh, John Shaw. And it's a company called Soldar Metals. They're out of Ottawa. And uh, this guy does it in his garage. Has this real big contraption that basically cuts whatever design you want out of metal it's like a i think i've talked about it before where i was playing with that uh cricket which is like a vinyl cutting uh, craft like a now ah, like a mom toy thing i was trying to make t-shirts and whatever and this yeah. is like a cricket for metal and he does these things anyway so uh, i had one made up in white and uh, i think it looks very cool you know what i saw it on when was i there <clears throat> sunday mm -hmm. sunday yeah. sunday afternoon and uh, it's me it's metal, and it's so it was really really cool. And it's if you think about that's Brock's jersey on the left. I mean that's got to be a fifty something chest, right? Ooh, that look at we got to have him tight. There's a jersey, so it's a it's a, yeah. You just zoom in there. It's it's actually really nice, and I actually want one. I'll have to I'll have to message uh, Mr. Shaw there and uh, and see. You said he, I believe I have to look up the the address, but you had mentioned like uh, South. Uh, yeah, so I picked it Hunt up. Club uh, exactly the Hunt okay. Club uh, Bank area. Hunt Club Bank. He does it right out of his uh, out of his home. His garage is all done up. I think him and his father in law actually do it. Um, so it was wow. kind of a side gig again. You know, given uh, COVID and and different things, yeah. this is his profession was uh, you know mel uh, metal and welding and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, there's uh, these times have really made people sort of shift or look at different opportunities to uh, be creative and to uh, bring in some income. And he's, uh, yep. they both started this company together, invested in a bit of equipment. And uh, it's great for signs like, well, I mean, I'm using it as a backdrop right now in my house, but um, you know, people with cottages, with businesses, with uh, a bunch of different things where, you know, it can be mounted to something permanently. Um, very, very well done. Yeah, I'd like when my walls are are like a light yellow. So he, you said he makes them, he can make them in black. You make them whatever color you want. Yeah, wow. I'll be he in did touch, say, Mr. Shaw. You know, if your partner's looking for one, tell him to send me a message. So, uh, I think this is your chance to to uh, to plug I, that I, a little bit and say, yeah, I'll be emailing you. I would like one. I, I, you sent me his email, so I'll be in contact, Mr. Shaw. Um, wow, looks good, Brock. We have to pay a bill, so I'll let you handle our sponsor before we get into headlines. All right. Hey, our sponsor continues to be the Ottawa Mortgage Shop. Uh, a new and modern experience with access to 40 different lenders. Let them customize the best mortgage solution for you and your specific needs. Offering a five-star service one client at a time. Shop local with the ottawamortgageshop.com. Shout out to Eric. Uh, I've actually sent a few messages out to people on Facebook who've, actually, uh, who've posted looking for trust 
worthy mortgage brokers. And I've uh, done my best to, uh, to send them his way. Again, uh, uh, industry-leading mortgage rates. The rates right now are super low. Make sure that you tell them that Brock and Pep sent you. And I promise you, not only will you get the five-star, you get the five-star plus service. And if you do end up getting a mortgage with them, let us know, Pepper Brock. And um, we got a little uh, package for you as well. Right on. <clears throat> Brock, we have uh, some housekeeping to do in the form of headlines. Right. Headlines with Brock and Pep. That was really good. Um, so, you know, Pep, you can't see who's in the waiting room, but we can see that the guests that you had initially uh, planned have seemed to overcome their technical difficulties, and we see a picture now. You okay. See a picture. Oh, hang on. Okay. Hang on a second. We're going to be, before we start headlines, we are going to take, uh, what would you call this? A timeout? This a timeout. Hey, it's a timeout. I should have a whistle. I need to have a whistle soundtrack. Or sound, damn it. Well, well, why don't we why don't we bring him on in because he's he's got three to five minutes of Super Bowl talk. Look at there he is. There he is. We yeah, we Justin. apologize for being late, guys. No, no, no. Justin Rutgers in the house with his beautiful daughter. Hey, that's my daughter. There's Jada. Yeah, and she wearing a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey, I think. Yeah, look at the number on it. Stand up. Jada, could you could you stand up and turn around? Oh, the old school. Oh, is that John Lynch? That's a John Lynch. Oh, buddy. Jada. Oh, wow. That is is that a champion jersey? Yep. Wow, that is amazing stuff, guys. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're 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 still hanging on to two hundred three. Hopefully, to bring it back up to 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 this year. So. Justin, Justin is in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, home of the Trailer Park Boys. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> right, actually, right down the road from us, actually, is where that was filmed. So, I'm just trying to find this up here, guys. Sorry. Uh, some... I'll drink out of a mason jar for that. Yeah, I was just about to just cheers to that. <laughs> um, I, I've got I've got my mason jar on the go on the side here. I just didn't know if uh, it was appropriate for the cameras. Oh, good lord, no problem at all. Justin, what are you what are you rocking, bro? What's what's your jersey? Oh, mine's a forty-seven too. There's a four. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think about the Tampa. Yep. I'm Brock. Well, when you think about the Tampa Bay Bucks before this year, before the last couple of years, what's what's the first guy that comes to mind? Yeah, well, I mean, you're trying to get me to say John Lynch, but you know, no, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, myself. Warren Sapp is probably the guy that uh, first comes to mind for me. Uh, yeah. Mike Allstott, then Lynch. Mike Allstott, Brooks would be one of my. Yeah, he's on my top five linebacking. Uh, yeah. I think it's cores. I think I actually gave the two thousand and the two thousand bucks. I think it was with uh, Brooks and Nickerson and those guys. Uh, Pepper, were on my top were five. There, were you there when we went to uh, Buffalo that time when? Uh, uh, Pricey gave me this jersey. I was not. I love this guy. No, I was not there. Oh man, that's emotional crazy. time. What's that? Were you emotional about it? 
I actually cried while I was eating my chicken wings before yeah. the Buffalo game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing, and I'm I know I know for a fact, Brock. You probably this probably happened to you the first time you stepped into that Gator uh, Stadium. The when I went to Heinz for the first time. Once I just, whatever had my ticket stub, as soon as I got in and started walking up the concourse, I I almost dropped to my knees. I started bawling, you know, all the years of watching them and cheering for them and all that. And I was finally here and taking in all the air and all the scenery and everything. And it was just, uh, I'm sure that was probably how you felt when you uh, when you got that jersey in the in the moment and all that. And Brock, the first time you've been to the Florida Stadium, Brock? Yeah, of course. Uh, it was uh, the first time was a, a 30th birthday present from my wife. She, uh, I still remember she made a video of what the gift was and played it in the basement of our first house. And, um, it took me a while to put two and two together, but she had got tickets to see Florida LSU in Florida. It was a certain date. Everything was booked. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, to this day, I, well, I, I paid, we paid for the ticket for the seats, but I literally didn't sit at all on the seats. Um, and we were there. She was such a trooper too, because the game had gotten moved from a 3 PM to a, a 7 PM prime time because of the situation the teams were in. And we were still down by the stadium at 10 in the morning with one dude who was cooking ribs, starting his thing already, who ended up, you know, like calling his friends to say how cool the women in Canada were because she got me this present, brought me down to Florida. Then he says, come back. And he had this massive tailgate party that everybody was paying to be part of. And he had given us free tickets. So free drinks, free food. And all. anyway, it was amazing The the Gator walked there. I still, I saw a thing that Tim Tebow today was doing his preaches somewhere. And he was talking about the Gator walk and they had a clip of it. And I actually went back to look because I'm like, what are the odds it would be, you know, I, there? Because I high-fived Tim Tebow during the walk. And unfortunately, I had the camera instead of Ange, so I never got a picture of that. A picture of it? <laughs> but I don't think I washed my hand for the rest of the day. Like, anyway, it was – it's just – yeah, it, it's Those something. Sports are, are – do that to you. Invaluable. I remember – well, I remember. I, just, I, I was uh, <clears throat> watching – I went down to see Pittsburgh just warm up before the game. And uh, so I – you're, you're allowed to go basically lower bowl just to stand and watch. And uh, Brett Kiesel came down, and he, he was retired. It was his first year of retirement. So he comes down. He's a big cowboy, right? He owns a farm and cows and all that stuff. And he comes down in his cowboy hat and uh, cowboy boots, and he's huge. And I I you don't know how you're going to react, right? you just kind of like – you think you're going to be professional. Say, oh, Mr. Kiesel, I'm a big fan. I'm like, and the first thing I did was, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're Brett Kiesel. And he looked at me like I was a moron, and he's like, he just went howdy, and he just kept walking. <laughs> I was like, oh, my one chance to like actually meet a Steeler, and that's how I reacted. Anyways, speaking of Florida, Justin, in uh, in a couple of minutes or less, Tampa Bay, what do they have to do to slow down this juggernaut offense? And, well, I mean, yeah. Sorry, and, and the second part of that, I'll, I'll just let you take over from there. The second part is, what do they have to do on offense to, uh, to slow down the, the Kansas City defense? Well, I think, you know, and, I mean, sorry, let me switch this a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Tampa's defense has showed – I'm not right – <laughs> Tampa has showed up this year defensively like we weren't expecting, obviously. Um, I wasn't expecting it anyways based on the, the guys there, but they, they've come together incredibly. But beyond that, too, like, I mean, 
how do you, you know, I mean, Brady's got so many weapons on that offense. And, you, you know, you got some injuries on uh, KC that, you know, might, on their D, that might come. And, and I just, you can't beat Brady in the playoffs. Like, I mean, I just think I'm, you know, I wasn't certainly that happy about getting Tom Brady, but I was actually happier when they got Tom and then Gronk because it kind of made it fun. Sure. Because it was kind of cool, right? Like Gronk was, you know, announcing like last year. So like I was, I I didn't know what to think. I wasn't sure what was going to happen because you got, you know, without Belichick, you're not sure. But I mean, obviously in the last three games from what we've seen, you know, I I think they, you know, they could, I'm I'm hoping, but I mean, you you can't count Brady out in a Super Bowl. Just, you can't, like he's... And with, like again, with the weapons they have on offense, but I think I think their defense is really going to tell the tale, really, because Mahomes is so good that I mean, you can't. I don't know. I can't I'm nervous. Nervous. Yeah, well, I'm really nervous about. Like, obviously, I just I'd like to see them one more, like get them get get them one more Super Bowl win in my lifetime, because I don't think it's going to happen again anytime soon or anything, but unless Brady stays on and they keep their, their guys, but you know, well, Brock, was saying, uh, Brock was saying on our, on the show that we were guests on the other day, he said, um, you know, it looks like Arians has just said, okay, Tom, the first half of the season hasn't gone so well. Yeah. Why don't you just make the, you, you handle this. I'll just stay on the sidelines. And it looks like it's been sort of a Brady Byron left, which, um, um, Combination Byron left with it. Byron left with is the is is he the offensive coordinator or is he the quarterbacks coach? Uh I think he's the OC because I, I just read today yeah, that they're, they're, I think he's the offensive. Yeah, I, I thought so too. Yeah, I'm pretty so, sure. So it looks like Tom's taking the reins, and uh, I, I agree they have weapons all across the field. Um, they they have as many weapons as Tampa does, but they don't have like Ty, Tyree Kill and Kelsey are like next level at what they do. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes might be the best player. When it's all said and done, he might be the best player to ever play in the NFL. We'll see. Time will tell. But it's going to be really tough. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And listen, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of Mahomes. Like, there's no question. Like, he is so fun to watch play the game. It's it's incredible. Like, he's he just – like, I don't know. I don't even want to know what to say. I, when I see him play, I throw my hands up because – of the plays that he makes like it's incredible like he's he is a next level player there's no question about that absolutely um, i'd like to see him go far i like him as a player i like his commercials with uh Hamamala. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. He, he's he's all around he's a, he's he seems to be a a decent human being as well sometimes we don't find sometimes and uh any and he, and he seems to you know he he's he is incredible. There's no question. I just I just want my bucks to win. That's all. Well, so if you had to buy a a Tampa Bay jersey now, because those are old school jerseys. Yes, you've been a fan for a long time. John Lynch has not been around for a while. Uh, actually, is he not uh, a Niners GM or something now? Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And- who's who's the jersey you're buying now? I've been I've been staring at it. A Brady jersey for the last month, just because I would just not not that I'm like I just I just want to get one for my 
my my bar someday. <laughs> you know, you may as well do it. You may as well do it. He said he's going to play till he, he wants to play till after till older than forty five. So he's not yeah. going anywhere. He's got yeah, he's not I, a couple I, years. So, but I think I think my my wife is a big fan of Gronkowski, so I might have to get that first. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. All right, uh, but, give us your prediction. Do you uh, you or Jada have a prediction for the Super Bowl? Jada, who's winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she thinks the Bucks too. She likes. Uh, we were gonna get some bobbleheads out too, besides the flag. <laughs> and our, our boy, we have two Tampa blankets for the coaches, so we're we're. Stuck. You are loaded. Well, you got oh, another five got days to get them all out and get them set up and ready to go and out of the way of the nachos and wings or whatever you're going to be having. That's the best part of the yeah. Super Bowl. So last question, uh, as we got to get moving on to our headlines, but sure. it is Super Bowl Sunday. There's a lot of things going on. You're picking the Bucks. Perfect. Who's going to win the sit-up competition between Tim Tebow and Ezekiel Elliott on Shaq's party? <laughs> Are they really doing that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll go. I'll say Tim Tebow. Yeah. All right. I don't know, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> Thanks right. Thanks, guys, for having me. Love to do it again. It was fun. I was a little nervous, but uh, appreciate you having me on. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you sometime, maybe next year at the next Super Bowl or sometime soon again. Justin Rucka, one of the good guys in this world. Thanks for coming on. Enjoy the game. Uh, wish you all the best and hope you guys enjoy it on Sunday. Okay. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate Hi, you having me. All right. Take care. Take care, guys. Bye. Okay. Headlines. Right. We don't need the intro again. We can go right okay, into headlines. Let's do it. Oh, the Sens. The Ottawa Sanders are getting hammered. 23 goals in the last four games against. Um, someone on the UC page, and I, I get this perspective, wrote, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how many wins they have this year as long as they see progress. Well, this can't be progress. When you're getting hammered like this, your confidence is, is certainly shaken. Um, do you want to just see them develop this year? If you were a, are you a, you're a Maple Leafs fan, correct? Um, uh, like you, I you like the Sens. I like the Sens. Uh, yeah. I've, re, I've, I grew up a Leaf fan. I grew up a Leaf fan. Uh, I also grew up around Leaf fans, and mm -hmm. when the Sens were in that run in in '07. Um, the amount of Leaf fans that I knew that were cheering against the Sens and not on it. And, and I was just like, how do you not enjoy this? Like the city was just all in. And mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of pushed me away from the Leafs a little bit, uh, a sure. little bit more towards the Sens. But uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. But um, no, from a it's Sens a perspective, development. a development, yes, I want to see development. Is that all I want to see? No. Does 23 goals in four games mean you're developing properly? Not likely. What no. I want to see is some heart. Some like, you know, be in close games. The The final um, season results, your, your season wins and losses, that's out the window at this point. Like everybody had low expectations for the Sens. That's fine. Be at the end. That's fine. But you got to show effort. Getting your butt kicked every single night is not development. Maybe you don't score 
many goals because, you know, that, that takes time to gel together and to, um, you know, really have that chemistry to get goals because it's tough in the NHL to score. Yes. But defense, in my opinion, again, I've never played hockey at a professional level. Well, I've never played organized hockey except for men's league, which I'm kicked out of three or four leagues for life <laughs> anyway, which is not a great sign. But <laughs> defense in most sports is an effort thing. And if you're giving up 23 goals, I feel like that's a lack of effort. So if nothing else, you say, you know what, we're losing a t- every single game we're losing, but we're losing 2 nothing, maybe 3 nothing with an empty netter. You say, you know what, you're still in a fight. It's way better than what they've been doing now. But show some effort on the defensive side. Say, you know what, at least this we can control. Whether or not we have any chemistry, I can put the effort in to make sure that I'm taking my guy or I'm stopping the puck, whatever it happens to be. But right now, I just feel like they don't even have that, and that's what's disappointing. I couldn't agree more. Honest to God, it's it was a situation where, like, if I was a season ticket holder and we were actually attending games, they, I mean, they I thought they made progress last year, and it seems like they have taken three steps back. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I it's concerning. If I'm a Leafs, if I'm a Sens fan, I'm concerned about – you know your front, your top line is Drake Batherson and Josh Norris, and they. I haven't seen anything from those guys. Brady Kachuk. I mean, he works hard, but you know, I, I, I still thought they would have benefited from spending a little bit of money. Derek Stepan is a veteran, but he's, he's, he's a, he's a veteran, and he's like a fourth line center guy. So uh, there's some concern in Sens, uh, Sens world. It's now the black team elimination watch instead of the blue team. Uh, they could be out by, by by March who knows if they keep losing like this they're one win and one in six one in seven it's awful moving on the other thing too is from a sense perspective they take the the comment the person who commented it says we just want to see development it's that's what you're doing is you're setting the bar super low so you can't be disappointed which I get you know you don't want to be disappointed where on the flip side if you're a Leaf fan every single year is hey this is our year and it's constant disappointment so it's kind of one of the two at some point, you know, 30th in the league, 31st in the league, 30th in the league. I mean, at some point, your fans are going to be like, look, development, come on. Let's spend a little bit of money and get some professionals in here that that will actually, you know, give us a chance to win. And Matt Murray has not worked out. But, again, we'll, no, we, you we'll got to show something soon. to the front office that says there is something there. Let's spend some money and put the pieces because yeah. to keep going. But if you have nothing, they're going to wait and find, like, you got to show them something. Absolutely. Red Blacks Red situation Blacks. with Nick, Ar- Nick Arbuckle. Uh, you know, Nick Arbuckle was uh, very open about his signing in Ottawa, saying that, you know, he wants another shot at the NFL, which is why he took a, short, a, a shorter contract. Uh, obviously, they've lost the season. He didn't want to renegotiate with, with the money or whatever. So uh, the Red Blacks cut their losses. And that's, you know what, I'm cool with it because I like Matt Nichols. Matt, Matt Nichols was the was the quarterback for Winnipeg. Had a lot of success there. Has a familiarity with uh, Paul Lapolis. Exactly. I love it. He's a big guy. You know, he was. I thought he was going to be good in Toronto. I'm not really sure what happened there. But uh, your thoughts on on that situation? Yeah, I mean, it sucks for Arbuckle when you start thinking, oh, he moved his family here and stuff like that. But like you said, he wasn't here for the long haul. Ideally, he wanted nope. to have another shot in the NFL. So okay. Yep. You know, you go with a guy who's been in the league for long enough. He's played 144 games has familiarity with La Police, so he's a better fit for Lapo's system, likely, because he's already played with them. He's a great cup champ. He's a CFL, I don't say lifer, but he's he understands his role, and he, he has success in this league, so he's going to stick that out. So I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. 
The Edmonton Eskimos, you didn't have it, but the Edmonton Eskimos signed uh, Red Black's offensive coordinator, old offensive coordinator, Jamie Elizondo, as the head coach. And then they re-signed uh, Ellington and have Harris. So that sort of trio is back together uh, because uh, Jamie was here when they did the uh, their Grey Cup pushes and stuff like that, and his offenses weren't too bad. So I like Edmonton. Uh, that'll I like be Edmonton. They had a good year last year. Or the, well, the year we saw them play. Last year we saw them play. They're a, they're a competitive team. Uh, Trevor Harris, I thought maybe we took him for granted in Ottawa. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a premature split between the two, to be honest. But yeah. Um, again, I don't make that those decisions at the time. We had those conversations of was it too soon? Is it a rebuild? Are we giving up on uh, the next couple of years? How's that going to work? So um, ultimately, uh, you know, I think it was Dominic Davis was supposed to be the guy after, and he hasn't really panned out. Um, anyway, so they got some some other guys in here now. So it'll be interesting to see what. Uh, what uh, Coach Lapolis does uh, with the unit he has now, but I think it's, uh, I think it's just, on paper, it's a step in the right direction. So, agreed. Good for them. Uh, another thing that you didn't have that uh, just came up in my feed before we came on here, and it was a little disappointing to hear, is that the CFL had actually uh, recently had some cuts because obviously they're without the season. So, front like league office um, mm-hmm. had to make some cuts, and they released ten people. Uh, from the CFL front office. Now, I don't know details on what positions everybody held, but seven out of those 10 were women, which um, Mm. actually looks pretty bad from a league standpoint, Mm -hmm. um, especially given the times we're in. Um, and we're supposed to be progressing into, you know, the Super Bowl is going to have a a female ref um, on the field for the first time. Um, you know, there's a, a there's mm-hmm. a lot of um, gender equality pushes from the NFL standpoint. To make sure the coaches and refs and front office people and all that kind of stuff are there. And then the CFL is cutting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, seven seventy percent of their cuts are women. So uh, yeah, again, I, I don't that. know more details, but I was pretty disappointed to hear that uh, just before we got on. Well, we'll uh, we'll await further detail and what, what exactly were the positions that were cut. Uh, LeBron James, um, I don't want to even spend too much time on this, but thought I'd get your opinion on it. LeBron James, I mean, he's getting heckled now. Got heckled a couple times in Cleveland. And uh, now the most recent incident was in Atlanta last night, I believe. Yes, it was last night. Uh, some 20, 25 year old idiot TikTok influencer was chirping him because he was uh, got into it with her older boyfriend. And uh, she got kicked out of the game. Look, my take on this is simple. Just because you get a ticket to go to a game doesn't mean you can ab- uh, uh, verbally abuse these guys. They're out there to entertain us. That's that's their. At the end of the day, they play a sport, but it's entertainment. They're there to entertain us. We cheer for our team. Yes, they're trying, you know, but they're they're there to entertain us. They don't deserve the abuse. I mean, and for LeBron to sort of defend himself, and then and then LeBron had the presence of mind to say, you know what, she shouldn't have gotten kicked out of the out of the um, the game. I thought it was a classy thing to say. Meanwhile, she hops on TikTok and tells him to F off and all this nonsense. I mean, your take on, on getting heckled, and have you ever witnessed it? Um, yeah, I mean, I've witnessed it. I've seen different, uh, you know, I've seen different, well, I mean, I've been heckled to a point, but I've seen, you know, more severe stuff. Uh, you know, that's what, Peter Worrell is a guy that I went to high school with. Uh, who was here with the Hall Olympics? Uh, big guy. black guy plays hockey uh, on the the French side. There was, you know, this was back in the '90s. Um, you know, which 
at the time seems like we should be further ahead, but realistically looking back, it wasn't. Uh, so I know he went through a lot of that kind of stuff too. And he was and a I'm, fighter. And he was a fighter, you know, which gets everybody's blood boiling. But yeah, I've seen it. The thing with right now is that there's not, it's not a full stadium, right? They're, so the hecklers, their voices carry. They, yep. They're over top. It's not a, a big crowd noise that you have to try and beat. It's, it's, you know, those arenas, if you don't have, if say it's a quiet moment, you could be talking normal uh, volume and they would be able to hear you, you know? So yeah, yeah. you get your message and you're, you're heckling across a lot easier in the, 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 the empty stadiums. Um, you know, I, I would probably have liked to see LeBron just ignore it, but, um, you know, was there was, the dude him, I guess, eh? it was, it was, yeah, it was the 60 year old, uh, or 60, I say 60, but he looks fairly old if he's got a 25 year old wife. Um, you know, there's whatever it is, what it is. She's looking for attention. He's looking for attention. They got it. They and, got it. Uh, you know, whatever, moving on, moving on, um, uh, really quickly. We're, and just in, in a sort of a semi announcement while we go through these, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be talking a lot more Raptors and blue Jays in, in the upcoming weeks. Brock and I had a conversation. Um, so stay tuned for those, those shows. We're going to try to have some basketball guests and, and, uh, of course our, one of our executive producers in the production area is a huge Jays fan. He'll come on and talk Jays too. But I just wanted to touch upon the Raptors. They're officially mediocre. But when I look at the, uh, when I look at the East standings, everybody, there's like, there's like seven teams right in the middle who are nine and 12, seven and 13, like all jumbled up and some good team, Miami, Miami, seven and 13. So that was the team that represented the East last year in the finals. So, you know, as, as bad as the Raptors started off and as mediocre as they've kind of been playing over the last, well, basically since the season started, they're still in it. They're like a, they're like a five-win streak away from being second or third in the East. It's crazy. So, you know, my concern is this. You know, do you hang tough or do you, do you, do you press a button to try and improve for this year or you just sort of go with it and apparently this offseason is a big one for, for free agents? Well, Kyle Lowry is what I wanted to ask you about. Right. He's always working the refs. He's always, uh, pretty much every play he's working the refs. He got a, a really bad technical foul the other night when they were still in the game. There's three seconds left. They were down by three, and the ref teed him up. So the person shot the, shot the free throw, and they, they got it. So now they're down by four, and it's, pretty, it's mathematically over. That's a whole other podcast. The, the, the referee, and it was a female. There was some misogynistic crap that I saw on, on Facebook about it. And I'm just like, look, he got teed up because he can't shut his mouth. He's starting to represent and influence the young guys like Boucher. Now, if you watch Boucher, every play he, every shot he misses, he's turning to the ref and doing the same kind of stuff. So, is it time for one of the coaches to sit Lowry down and say, "Hey, listen, you, now you're like you're the true elder statesman. You, they're following your lead." Um. Yeah, I would think, I would hope that Lowry, he's been around long enough that he can mm. look at himself and say, "Oh, or." if you start seeing Boucher start acting that way, you know, that then it's like, Oh, hold on a second. Like he's getting it. Cause I'm doing that. You know what I mean? Like you understand it. So, but if he's promo like pushing it and saying it and supporting it from a Boucher standpoint, then coaches, you know, it, it just might take nurse saying, Hey, Larry, let's just, I know it's frustrating. I know it's whatever, but you know, the long term goal here is to make sure that we, get these young kids up and, and act professionally and, and properly. Um, let's just play. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's calm that down a little bit. Um, I mean, in your, 
discussion. You said, you know, is it time to deal Lowry or whatever? You know, I don't know. It's, uh, um, I think Freddie needs to take a bit more of a, a role, but until Lowry's gone, it's not going to be his team. But uh, I, the way Freddie conducts himself, I I appreciate, and I uh, um, I think eventually he'll be the the uh, the leader, sort of locker room leader within that group. Uh, but uh, until that until Lowry's gone, that's not going to happen. Now with this year, and you say talking about riding it out, and say, well, maybe we squeak into the playoffs or whatever. I'm wondering how that changes the mindset of front office when this season, like, they're not even it's playing home games. So it's not like, hey, we get in the playoffs, that's extra money, that's extra this, excitement, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really one of those, like, what's the point from an organization? We're not getting any more money, and they're probably losing money if they got to pay for facilities they're using in Tampa or whoever that works. It just can't be – it's just got to be weird. So it's almost like – you don't want to do anything drastic unless you're trying to make that push like Brooklyn's trying to do, um, you know, by making a blockbuster trade and say, you know, what, we got a couple of key guys this third and maybe we'll be able to snag this championship this year. That's one thing. Otherwise, it's like, you know what, let's just navigate this 2021 season and hopefully fans are back and, and things get kind of back to, to normal. And we can uh, adjust when that happens but yeah I, th- I think you're I think that's exactly what they're going to do I don't think they're gonna, you'll see any big deals uh, coming out of Toronto um, we are pressed for time I'm going to I'm going to sort of condense the, the last two points together uh, Oakland A's organization uh, is out some players anonymously said now we feel lost we've lost our, our captain Marcus Simeon who recently signed a, a one-year deal with the Jays for 18 million dollars uh, I mean, yeah, great. Is he a great bat? Yeah, 270 hitter. He can. He had one year where he hit 39 homers, but he is the absolute leader on um, was on, was the absolute leader on the field, the infield specifically for the Oakland A's, and the Jays understood that. The Jays really, if they were missing two things last year, it was leadership on the, on the defensive end, in the field and in the infield, and they've addressed those two needs. Not only have they addressed them, but George George Springer was the guy to sign this offseason. So I'm super excited. Marcus Simeon, um, I'm just I'm just excited about it. Um, I'm excited about it. I did want to mention one thing. They released a list of top third basemen across the league, and I was surprised to see Josh Donaldson at eighth overall. Still hanging tough at third. Uh, did the Jays maybe give up on him too soon, or was he asking for too much money? He'd be, he'd be a nice fit right now at third for the Jays. Uh, yeah, I was sad to see him go. Uh, I would like to, he was, you know, one of the more entertaining players. Again, he was one of the last players, uh, from that, that group that really took Jays fans in Canada for a ride. And I mean, you know, Mike and Atesu, we took road trips down there, uh, you know, catch a few games here and there and, uh, in the playoffs and Estrada pitching and, and Donaldson. Anyway, it was just, that was a very, very exciting time to be a Jays fan. And he was a very big part of that excitement. Was it too soon? I don't know. When you say you're surprised that he's eighth, are you surprised that he's still at eighth or that he's fallen to eighth? No, I'm surprised he's that high actually. Yeah, considering, okay. you know, he, yeah, considering that like, he was, he left Toronto, they weren't sure if his back can keep up and all that. And he was injury prone. And injury stuff, prone. But, exactly. But yeah. he's still, but hey, he hung. He's still up still, there. That's yeah, I, he sure is. So, um, anyway, that's it for headlines. Um, we have a, to pay some more bills. So, Brock, if you want to have our sponsor uh, come up there again, 
All right. Well, again, our sponsor is the OttawaMortgageShop.com. Nice logo. It is a pretty good logo. I like that. I like it. Uh, Again, you know, Eric is the guy to call. His number is 613-899-5131. Eric Fabian is the guy you need to call if you are looking to refinance, if you're looking to buy your first home, to buy an investment property, to whatever you want. The mortgage rates right now are at an all-time low and take advantage of it. I've looked into it. I'm still looking into it because there's got to be a way for me to save money by getting those lower rates and I'll be giving them a call. But Look them up, ottawamortgageshop.com, or give them a call and ensure that you tell them that Brock and Pep sent you and you'll get the best service around. It is a smoking hot market. It is. Uh, and just looking oh, yeah. at cottages, looking for things that, I think just people are just looking for things to do. Wild, eh? Well, he's the man. He's the man. Super Bowl is coming up. Really pumped about it. Yes, guy. Yes, yeah, I guy. Like that. Like that. Sorry, I'm just. There we are. Oh, we still there? We still there? Yes. Yeah, I've been told that we're getting some some comments. Sometimes we're a little bit late. I'll throw them on the screen if they're relevant to what we were just talking about. We don't necessarily go back all the time to address them. Uh, we have a couple people that talked about you know, the Jays giving up Donaldson too early. Great guy, great player. Uh, this one is relevant. Uh, we need to have a jingle for the mortgage shop. So and MF is Mike Ferreira. Mike, you can put MF at the end of the comment would be really cool because we we <laughs> we want to start by saying MF, but uh, maybe put it at the end of the. That's a, yeah, it really wants Mike. our attention. It's a real strong point. MF, right, you guys right, need Mike Ferreira. Just write Mike Ferreira would be cool. Just <laughs> Mikey, or accept the terms and conditions of Streamyard, and it'll just have your name and logo on there and uh, profile. Anyway, there you go. We'll talk about that later yeah. though. Uh, okay, Super Bowl. It's uh, it's an interesting matchup. Um, the two, I'd say, the two best teams in the NFL, you know, in the NFC and the AFC. Hard to argue. Um, Demarcus Robinson is uh, he got his hair cut by a barber who tested positive. He is uh, he is a weapon. Looks like he will play. He's tested negative, and he's if he tests negative again, he'll be eligible to play. But you know, in doing so, he's unable to practice. At this point, how I don't know <laughs> how. At this point, how important is practice? Uh, at this point, they know the playbook inside and out. It'll only be something that might be added this week as uh, wrinkles against Tampa Bay. But in the meantime, Kansas City's planning to play without him because if he tests positive, then he's out of the lineup anyway. So they're they're going to probably take all the steps it would be without him. As it is, Pringle and Hardman can fill his role. These aren't Hill, Kelsey, or Mahomes. So... I think uh, they'll be just fine. Although yeah. Marcus Robinson is a Gator, so I'm hoping he plays so he can be an impact. Yep. And, uh, you know, they, they have just a ton of weapons, though, like you said, right? Pringle. Uh, uh, yeah, Pringle and Hardman and just insanity. Um, <laughs> so it's a little bit of uh, our UC production team is making some jokes in our private chat here. It's, get, it's getting us off our game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, offense and defense. Let's start with the offense. What do they need to do uh, offensively? Which is it sounds like a silly question because they do everything. But right. what do they need to do specifically to beat uh, Tampa Bay? 
Um, well, we talked about this a little bit on um, No Holds Bar there on Sunday, but um, they need to slow down Tampa Bay's pass rush, which has evolved in the last few few weeks as being fairly elite with uh, Pierre Paul and, and Shaq Barrett combining for five, I think, against Green Bay. And the way they do that is to continue their creativity on offense. So a lot of misdirection, yep. um, a lot of, uh, you know, again, creativity, uh, short passes, screen passes, bubble screens, um, all that kind of stuff keeps them at bay. And the reason Casey needs to do that because they're also going to be facing um, this pass rush without their – their best lineman in uh, Fisher is out. So Reimers is going to be in a left tackle. They need to make sure that um, they're not throwing him to the wolves and expecting him to hold the fort the whole time. That's just not fair. Um, but Andy Reed and uh, the are fantastic at that. So it's just kind of keep doing what you're doing. Uh, but there'll be a lot more emphasis probably on, on getting the ball out a lot quicker. Um, that's what I have for offense really for Kansas city. There's not really a, a whole lot they need to do differently. They just got to keep yeah. being what they're what what they're doing on the field. They keep being the Chiefs. Think about that for a second. We just they all they have to do is do what they do. You know, when we see these Super Bowl matchups, usually it's it's like, well, this team kind of has to do this to beat that defense. Not with Kansas City. Just do what you do, and you should be fine. So uh, you know, limit your mistakes. Which they, I don't think they turned the ball over very much. It's it's, it's a wild situation there, but. Uh, defensively, what are the keys to success for Kansas City? For KC, you got to stop the run game. Uh, I also think, from, you know, on the flip side, that's a thing for Tampa Bay they need to do is establish a run game. But Fournette has emerged as a guy who can really make some plays when he gets going. And I think he's benefited a lot from being on a team that has a lot of other big-name players on it that takes the attention away from him. He doesn't have to be the guy that carries the Jacksonville team to a winner or loss. He's just got to do what he does when he gets the ball, when he's called upon. And he's done that fairly well and had a great run uh, against green Bay that, you know, that whole, uh, uh, pro football is a pro football focus. I think that does like all the stats, like crazy stats, yeah. Um, he'd got the ball, he hit the f- initial hole. And at that point, his likelihood of scoring a touchdown was 0.4%. And then eventually, you know, he get bounces out, does a spin move that's straight from the video game, hurdles some guy and dives in the end zone. So again, a four net and, and his running game could be very influential in there. But anyway, Casey's got to stop the runs. Uh, they got to get pressure up the middle. So stop the run. But if you get pressure up the middle in Tom's face, and make him go either left or right, that's where he starts to struggle and balls start to get thrown uh, sort of all over the place. That's the biggest thing. And the other thing is is uh, Steve Spagnola, who's a defensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, who was the defensive coordinator for the Giants back when they beat <laughs> Tom Brady a few times, is just yeah. be you. Steve, be Steve. Do you. Yeah. You you know him better than anybody. The yep. system that, that uh, Brady's running right now is – eerily similar to the Patriots offense that he has. He's got arguably more weapons though, but um, you've done it before, you know, make sure that you you bring your a game, but uh, it's really, it's stacked against Tom Brady at this point, in my opinion. I will just say this, uh, you nailed every point. I'm not going to regurgitate the same stuff, but I will say this for, for uh, uh, Kansas city, defensively and offensively, defensively especially, you nailed it up the middle. I don't think Fournette's a great blocker, and I don't think a pass blocker specifically. 
And uh, Ronald Jones is probably their best pass blocker. So if they can get pressure up the middle and force Brady to make the uh, ill-advised throws, it's going to take one interception. We've seen Brady very susceptible to throwing the interception this year, more than I've ever seen. You know, he was throw, he threw three to Tampa in, in like a quarter. So you don't see that. He's had Bay. that kind of year. So we'll see what happens. Uh, as far as Tampa's concerned, this situation, I think they really have to like completely flip the script and pull a 1990 New York Giants scenario where they the, the time of possession has to be three to one. It has to be in favor of Tampa if they have any chance. If they get into a shootout, I'm sorry. I don't care about the weapons. Mike Evans is does not look like himself. He's got a bum knee. He has not looked like himself last couple of weeks. Uh, Godwin is a great receiver. He had a couple drops against Green Bay. Uh, Antonio Brown, for me, is going to be the X factor. Him and Scotty Miller are really, really good. But Antonio Brown, when healthy, when his head is right in a good system, best receiver in the NFL, top five, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. And it looks like he hasn't missed a step. I think Tampa, though, has to go to the short pass, run game, and control the clock. Otherwise, they don't. I'm not sure if they have a chance. Uh, quickly, on your end, Tampa Bay. Offensive uh, keys to victory. Yeah, run the ball with success. Uh, I have score first. You have to score first. If you're playing catch-up with the Chiefs, score that first. just goes from 7 to 14 very quickly. You need to score first, and then you need to slow the pace down and have very long, controlled drives. The yep. O-line needs to give Tom some time because the pass rush from Kansas City has been evolving too over the last little while. Um, and again, you, just like you said, short passes stuff. It's Tom doing Tom things. That's what he does best. Timing routes, short passes, screen passes. And I think if they're going to win, Gronkowski has to be a huge role in this. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he looks like he's missed a step. He doesn't look like the same Gronk. And I don't know if it's it's just that maybe the, the father time's caught up, caught up with him, if it's uh, injury. But he definitely doesn't look like the same monster. Now, again, they haven't used him as much as they were using him in, in New England, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, defensively, this is, this is the, I think this is the whole ball game here. What is Tampa, what can they do to slow Kansas City down? What, if they even can. Now, you already mentioned... The outside pass rush and the, and the, the limiting, uh, you know, uh, those two uh, offensive linemen that are hurt. Right. There is Fisher, who's going to have Rammers as, as his replacement. But Steven Wisniewski is also playing guard for another uh, injury that they had a couple weeks ago. The guy who so was replacing Tardif, I think, got hurt as well. Yeah. yeah. The right guard. Um, um, yeah. So what does, Kansas, what, does, what does Tampa Bay have to do to stop some of the weapons that Kansas City can roll out there? You, it's not even weapons. It's like, do I want to get burnt by this weapon or another weapon? So you yep. say, you know what? I want the, the, the least damaging one to say, you know what? That's what we're going to live with. You, somebody's got a water gun. You can shoot me with the water gun all you want, but I'm going to take the other one away. And that's Kelsey or Hill, in my opinion. So as you know, the bills had seen those two were basically unstoppable, but, um, uh, Tampa Bay needs to not think of the whole strategy. They got to say, you know what? I think they need to spy Kelsey. They got a couple of good backers. That white guy is a stud. You say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that he stays on Kelsey. Or a, a good 90% of the time, if he's not blitzing, you know, he's in that area and they're watching Kelsey so that he's not just the 
check down receiver that he was with against Buffalo the whole single time. You have somebody watching him. Say, I'm taking that comfort zone away from Mahomes. And then on the same side as with Hill is you need to have safety help that is dedicated to Hill to make sure whoever's got him can play a little bit more aggressive. But if he gets behind him, he has safety help every single time. After that, you say, you know what? If you're going to win the Super Bowl by passing it to Pringle and Hardman and uh, running the ball, if Le'Veon Bell's there, whoever, those are, it just is what it is. You know, yeah. they have too many that we cannot handle, but these two are not going to be going off for 150, 200 yards on us and making us look like idiots. We're taking them away. We know they're the biggest threat. That's what we're taking away. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, Tampa Bay needs to win the third down battle. If you get Kansas City on third and anything four and over, you need to get them off the field. You cannot continue to give them chances. You need yep. to um, be aggressive, take some chances, you know, maybe be unorthodox with your blitz because it may not be sound, but what it's going to do is going to give Mahomes a second to have to think and say, where is the open guy? If it's not here, like, what are they doing? This doesn't make any sense and not have time to find it. You got to take some chances and you got to try and create some turnovers. You got to win the turnover battle. If you're going to have any chance of winning this game, that include, you know, that that's interceptions, which are going to be very hard to come by forcing fumbles, you know, punch those balls out. You know what I mean? And get, Um, get the ball. Like you could just cannot afford um, to give Kansas City the ball and, and just try and keep up with them. So, I mean, everything, in my opinion, is slanted towards Kansas City. The one thing that Tampa Bay has is Tom Brady. And I'm not saying it's Tom Brady because of what he's done in the past and, and he's this elite quarterback and whatever, because he's not. Not anymore. But what he does is he creates a locker room of belief of a bunch of guys who, you know, aside from Gronk and you know, maybe a couple others have not been in the Super Bowl. And they have the belief now that they're in it because Tom Brady's there. Tom Brady is the winningest quarterback ever. If you believe and the whole team believes and gets in there, like anything can happen. And I think yep. that's the that's the strongest thing that Tampa Bay has right now is that I think that locker room is excited and they believe that they have a chance to win this game. Yeah, I I, I wish we I wish I could disagree with you more, but I, I I agree with you. And I you know it's one of those things where I, I actually think Tom is uh, is playing at a relatively high level the last couple of weeks. Two of his three interceptions last week were not his fault. I mean, he threw a ball to Mike Evans that was right on the money. And I don't think Tampa's just used to <laughs> Mike Ferreira. Tampa brings an, uh, Tampa Bay is bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's Mikey. It is my... Well, it's better what? than MF. It's better than MF. That's a good point. It's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. I think I saw some bad... I saw one bad interception last week, but I did see... Two of them, uh, you know, just Mike Evans make a bad read on a, on a great throw. And a, there's, again, no training camp. They're still figuring out. Evans will miss some games to injury. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. They've had some practice time now. So I, I'm excited. Mahomes is going to give you opportunities to pick the ball off. I mean, I can't tell you how many times he rolls out to one side or the other and throws across the field. You know, he's going to give you one or two of those a game. So you got to stay Tampa- sound from a secondary standpoint. Yeah, you have to stay sound. Just because he's over to the right doesn't mean you start cheating over. Like you got to right. know, they have to have an understanding of where his radius to throw the ball is, and his is yep. a lot bigger than every other normal human being. 
Absolutely. And Mike in our, our booth there brought up a really good point that Tampa Bay was, and he's a Green Bay fan, so he would know, was very good on third down conversions in their game against Green Bay. And that is a, definitely a key for the Tampa Deep. Bay offense is that you need to win that third down battle. As much as their defense needs to hold Kansas City off and get off after third down, Tampa Bay's offense needs to continue those drives after third down. They got to win and that how, third down battle. How many times in New England do we see that? third and four, third and three, third and one, oh, and yeah. they r- run to the line, run the ball first down, run to the line. And it just, he knows what he's doing. And if he does have the reins to this offense, like it looks like he has the last few weeks, I give him a puncher's chance, you know, by the hey, old vet. So, it's one game. It's one, one game, game that the, determines the championship. So yeah. it should be good. Just a, just a yes or a no, Brock. Should Brady retire if he wins? Uh, no, I, I don't. Win on uh, top? I don't think so. I think if he wanted to go out on top, he would have retired already. Like, if that was the only thing he was sticking around for, I think now he's just a matter of he's trying to basically break. I don't know. He must be setting up his, like, uh, workout and eating regime uh, (laughs) infomercial afterwards because there's nothing that sells better than to say I'm a Super Bowl champ as a quarterback at 43 and I'm still playing at 45 or 46 or 47, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. You know, his empire for his workout routine and elastic bands and whatever it happens to be is going to be through the roof. Uh, no, I don't think he does. Yeah, I uh, what well, he's flat out said he wants to come back. So I think I think he will have the uh, the, the, the the keys to the Cadillac for as long as he wants. Um, I was going to ask you if the Chiefs lose, will they roll it back and stay stay status quo next year? I mean, it's kind of a dumb question. Fifteen and one. They're it awesome. is a dumb Juggernaut. question. They'll, keep, they'll bring everybody back. Yep. Um, and they'll prediction. have a chip on their shoulder. It, it, the Chiefs with a chip on their shoulder. Imagine that. Anyways. Rat no kidding, eh? Let's, okay, prediction. Who do you think wins? What's the score? And who's the game MVP? I got the Chiefs 38, Tampa Bay 24. Uh, Ooh, okay. I got the MVP. It's hard. It's it's a hard decision to make. So, But I have... Uh, uh, I put Travis Kelsey. Um, but... Ultimately, anytime it's a tight end, receiver, whatever, generally that means the quarterback's having a really good game. So odds yeah. are it's probably Mahomes, but uh, I'm thinking Kelsey probably has a real big game in this one. I've been flip-flopping in my head, Brock, all week. I think the last time we were on the show on Sunday uh, on No Holds Barred, I think I went with KC. Now I'm now I'm back on the Bucks wagon. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be 31-28. It's going to be a field goal to win it, and uh, I think Tom is going to pull it out and. I, it's just a gut feeling. I just think Scotty Miller is going to be the difference maker. That he's going to catch like 15 third down passes. Antonio Brown is also like uh, kind of a one and one a. But I think Scotty Miller Scotty Miller wins the MVP, and I think the Bucks pull this one out, 31 to 28. <laughs> come on sorry oh, no. come on i thought you were gonna give me the, the air horn uh, i thought okay. about it but uh, uh maybe you're right i mean i would like to know uh, or if that happens then i want to know what the chiefs messed up throughout that game to get them to that point that's the only thing i could never come up with a scenario that there was enough that went bad for kansas city not to not to win. But if Tampa Bay does win, uh, my difference makers for them, uh, I have Fournette and Gronk. I think if they win, Fournette's going to have a huge game. And I think yep. Gronk is going to be the um, de facto benefic- beneficiary from the passing game. Um, 
and maybe he's just saving himself up so he didn't get hurt and wasn't missing any time and just like, you know what, let's just get through this season. And then the Super Bowl is where he kind of comes through. But I think those are the two biz, uh, difference makers from a uh, Tampa Bay standpoint if they happen to win. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think it'll be a good game, and we'll we'll talk about it. I still have to pour ketchup on your brother for the Buffalo Bills bet that we had on uh, <laughs> live te- live radio. So, Curtis, if you're still listening, uh, I'm going to raid a Costco and uh, stock up on. He- you prefer Heinz or French's, bro? What do you should want? We, should we bring Curtis on to discuss this real quick? You got 30 yeah, seconds here. Still around. I think still we're around. getting the no. We're getting the no. Oh uh, no, the- I didn't forget, Pally. <laughs> Um, listen, B, I was so excited about our top five and the quiz questions. <clears throat> so we got to do some overtime because I got I'm pumped. Let's do it. This so five. we okay, got to start top five. Let's do top five. Top five. Curtis, not camera ready. All right, B, the reason I, uh, I asked you if I th- you thought Tom Brady should retire was because our top five is the top five athletes to go out on top. And this isn't specific to football. This is the uh, top five athletes to go out on top. Brock, the floor is yours. I want to hear your top five athletes to end their careers out on top. I got I mean, the list, I was surprised at how many guys actually did that. So was um, I. So was I. There were more than I thought. So I, uh, I have a couple, a couple of honorable mentions. Yes, sir. Um, guys like Ray Bork, yeah. um, uh, Dominic Hasek. Um, Jerome Bettis is a honorable mention for myself as well. Yes. Um, and the reason that I did not keep them in there is, uh, well, not so much Bettis. Just Bettis was based on performance. He didn't really contribute a lot to it. I think he only had 43 yards in the Super Bowl. Um, Super Bowl yeah. But Bork had to change teams. He chased a championship. Gotcha. Uh, Hashik, in my opinion, you know, again, it was multiple teams and sort of chased he it. He had retired and came back. Yeah. So it was, uh, again, kind of chasing it. Uh, Bill Russell was before my time. Um Anyway, so my top five. Number five, I got uh, Lennox Lewis, who retired as the heavyweight champion. Uh, as great. much as I could not stand watching his fights because I thought they were boring. Boring. He, he is Canadian, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, you know, so there's – you're like, oh, he's Canadian. But then he, he left and started a fight under uh, England's flag. And right. so there's some hard – anyway, he, ended, he finished as a heavyweight champ, retired as a heavyweight champ. He was pretty dominant during his era. Again, not super entertaining fights. I don't recall him biting anybody's ear, so he wasn't getting my pay-per-view money. But It was flat-out boring for me. But he was good. Yeah, Like, for what boxing was, he was good. Uh, Number four, I have David Robinson. The Admiral. The Admiral. Uh, I thought, uh, thought, uh, again, one team, great player. Number three, I got uh, Michael Strahan. Yes. And uh, that was 07 when they beat Brady and the undefeated New England Patriots at that time. I mean, his pheno- phenomenal what they what they accomplished that year. Number two, I have a I was going to call him Raymond. Is it actually I think it's just Ray Ray Lewis. 
Yeah, you can call him Raymond. I'm calling Ray. Yeah, I'm not sure you like it, but uh, yeah. Hey, Raymond Lewis. Oh, Ray Ray. Ray Ray Ray. <laughs> Little Ray Ray, who's become very likable. Like I gotta tell you, for a guy who played for the Ravens, uh, my my arch and enemy, and uh, considering I'm a Steeler fan, uh, he's actually quite likable off the field now. Like I actually really like listening to him talk. Yeah, uh, and he went through some, you know, a, a dark time there for a while with sure. a couple of things, and yeah. Um, but he seemed to pull himself out. Uh, I don't yeah. know any of the story there. I'd love to have more of a documentary or something on that. But um, he's my number two. Uh, one, again, he was a Raven for life. Uh, yeah. He also, like, pre-announced it. Was like, you know what? This is my last playoff run. So from that standpoint, I don't know if that's what pushed them over the top or whatever, too. But when your leader says, this is the last one I have, it's almost like it, it – forces everybody else on the team to be like we may never get back here we may never have this chance it's going to end at some point and there was maybe that's extra motivation for them but they ended up winning i think that was the game where the power went off eh? the power went off at the the superdome yeah kaepernick was the quarterback for the niners and whatever the tale of two halves anyway i have lewis as my number two and uh as much as i don't like this guy because of his um dealing with tim tebow with the Denver Broncos and whatnot. Uh, I have John Elway as number one. He went back to back before retiring. Um, And at that time I was hard on the Broncos. Uh, Those, those teams that were making that push his, you know, when I, I criticized Rogers for not running on third down uh, last week against Tampa Bay I'm expecting him to do something similar to John Elway where he had to get that first down and he ran, he dove, he got hit by multiple guys, did the helicopter in the air and got the first down, drove, kept going and they win the game. 38 years old. That's, that's the stuff I want to see. I expect from a Rogers. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, Elway is my number one. You know, John Elway, he comes up on, he doesn't come up on a lot of lists anymore and he really should. If you look at 1983 when he was drafted, like he was, uh, you know, the prototype at that time. You look at a quarterback that they look for now. He's exactly what what teams look for now. Like thirty five years later, it's a am- it's amazing. Big, strong, agile, cannon of, of an arm. It's exactly what the guys look for. John Elway is like that that uh, helicopter spin. Yeah. All right. That helicopter spin. He ru- he's ruined uh, the lives of so many other QBs because now they're expected to do that. When the, when the times are when the time gets tough, so I mean that was a great play. You actually pretty much named off everybody that I have on my list, so I won't, I won't even go into detail. I'll just tell oh. you what my list is from five to one. All right. Um, number five, I have Michael Strahan at number five again okay. because of the co- accomplishment and because of I just like I like that Giants team. Yeah. Uh, number four, I have Ray Ray um, because he called his own shot and just you know loyal to the Ravens and. Uh, much is as he, I hated him. Is he number four because he's a Raven? Is he down? He gets down a couple notches on your list because of that, right? He's lucky he's on the list. Okay. Let's just put it that way. But he's on it. Uh, number three, I do have Ray Bork. Even though he chased it, even though he stuck around, you know, he d- he did get it on a on a loaded Avalanche team. But still, I you know, I, I like the guy. Um, and uh, he, he was – I didn't think he was that effective, actually, to be honest with you. But he's on my list. He's on yeah. my list because of a great career and a great defenseman. You don't see guys playing 20 years like that anymore. Uh, number two, I have uh, Mr. Elway um, for all the reasons you mentioned. And number one, I have I have the bus as number one only because of this. Because he's a stealer. Well, well apart from being a stealer, 
They went on the. They barely made the playoffs. They went on the road and won three road games, two of which were they were like a double touchdown underdogs. Um, playing, he he's from Detroit, so they won three road games, and then he's going back home, and he's telling everybody, "I'm going to go back home." This is, and he told, "This is my last game. I'm playing them. My last game. It's a Super Bowl at home." And he, was he a big contributor? No, actually, they stunk. That was an awful Super Bowl. Twenty-one ten was the final score. It was awful. Like, I mean, the, this, it was like there was an end-around uh, option pass that was like the biggest score of the game, and Willie Parker ran for seventy-eight-yard touchdown. Yeah, that was. So it. He had ninety-three yards, but seventy-eight yeah. was one one thing. Right, that was, and it was a it was a bad offensive uh, uh, mm-hmm. pass interference call on uh, on one of the Seattle receivers. Like it was not a good Super Bowl. But the fact of the matter is, that's how he went out, and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I guess I took into consideration the fact that he fumbled in the indie game, so oh, probably he's lucky he that they even game, got uh, to the next game. Uh, oh, moving the in Mike Vanderjat, Mike Vanderjat, um, the kick, Big Ben. Uh, you know, I guess he convinced the bus to come back and said, "We'll get you to the Super Bowl." Um, anyway, yeah, the whole it's, a, it's a great cool. list. Yeah, that's... Except for number one, he's not really number one. But anyway, yeah, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, B. I, you know what these these quiz? I got quiz questions for you. And uh, this is and just we'll because I got the, the the question, the the Pat Borders question, and you're the trivia guy, and then I got the spotlight for it. So no, now you're know, like, I'm going to make him look stupid now. I thought we handled ourselves pretty well, and it's time to test each other. You got the Pat Borders, and you you were I didn't know I didn't remember at least Trubisky went Trubinsky, to North Carolina. Yeah. You nailed that one. I got the Tony Perez only because I played so much. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo uh, video game baseball M- uh, RBI baseball for the Genesis and uh, the De- we got the ball rolling with DeRozan being drafted number one that was a tough one. Speaking of video games, yes, big shout out. Oh. NCAA football is coming back to the video game scene. So uh, sometime I think next year or the end of this year, whatever it happens to be, they're coming back. So. Uh, if you're looking for me, I'm going to be refreshing the page on the PlayStation uh, thing to see when that comes out. And once it's out, if you're looking for me, other than Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock, I'll be online somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know if we have any uh, – I don't know if we have any qui- – actually, my first quiz question for you is a perfect segue. I don't know if we have any quiz music, but uh, why don't we, should we just get into it? Yeah, let's get into it because uh, I okay. did not prepare music for it. Okay, here we go. Question number one, Brock. Who is the highest-rated quarterback on the Nintendo version of Tecmo Super Bowl or Tecmo Bowl? Dan Marino. Incorrect. It's Randall Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, number two. What NFL team has lost a record nine straight postseason games? Currently, they've lost nine straight. What NFL team has lost a record nine straight postseason games? Uh, who's made the playoffs nine times? I'll give you a hint. We talked about it on the No Holds Barred. It was brought up. Um, Not in link. I don't know. I'm going to say the Rams. The Detroit uh, Lions. Lions. The Lions. Detroit Lions. No big deal. Here we go. We got we got plans. It's all football, so you're gonna get one of these for all sure. All right. Name name two of the five players who are tied for the most Pro Bowl selections at 14. Just two of them. There's five of them. Tom Brady. Yep. 
Um, Fourteen. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Boom. Who are the other three? That a boy. Tony Gonzalez, Bruce Matthews, and the late Merlin Olson. Bruce Matthews would have been my next guess because he's the only lineman I know played that long. Uh, also, a trivia thing that uh, came up I wanted to bring up. Uh, Quentin Nelson is the first player since Barry Sanders, and it's only two of them that have ever done it, that have been all pro their first three seasons in the NFL. Crazy. 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 Quentin Nelson's stats are just nuts. We talked about him, the, the oh, yeah. pressures and the lack of sacks. It's just unbelievable. All right, so you're one for three, my friend. Not bad, not bad. Time to get back to 500 here. Here we go. Who has the highest career completion percentage in Super Bowl history at 70%? Give you a hint. You want a hint? Sure. He won three Super Bowls. Steve Young? Oh, that's a good guess. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. Number two is Joe Montana. Uh, I was going to say Montana. I thought maybe it was a trick. I thought maybe Young would be uh, higher. Because anyway, you, you said three. And we got, I think I got like three more questions, so you could end up 500 still. Let's hang on. No, just, uh, I need a, a bathroom break soon. Let's roll through this. Okay, here we go. Okay, uh, name, <laughs> name the only person. Name the only. Oh, uh, yes. Name the only person to play uh, three consecutive Super Bowl championship teams. Three consecutive. To play on or to play. Is the only person to play on three consecutive Super Bowl championship teams. Three consecutive Super Bowl championship teams. Uh, he played with Deion Sanders. It's a toughie. Give Charles me, Haley? Hint. Uh, very good guess. Ken Norton Jr. Very good mm, guess. Okay. All right. Uh, what school has produced the most pro football Hall of Famers? Hall of Famers. Yep. I know you wouldn't have given me a Florida one for this. Uh, probably like uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State, one of those. You can, No, I'm going to go with your first one. You said Notre Dame. A ding, ding, ding. Yes. Very good. I say yes, but uh, really uh, I don't want them to have nope. that luxury. Well, yes, I know you're not happy about the answer, but you got it. Uh, name at least five of the seven players who have rushed for 2,000 yards in a single season. Uh, Eric Dickerson, Barry Sanders, Walter, uh, did Walter Payton get 2000? Um, how many did you say? There are, you're five of seven. Five Name of seven. Two. So I have three so far. Dickerson, Payton. Dickerson, Sanders. Sanders. Payton's not up there. Walter didn't get 2000. Okay. Nope. That was the year he probably complained he didn't get the ball enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Terrell uh, Davis. Uh, uh, Marshall Falk. One more. And um, I'm looking at you to be like, am I right? Did I get those? Uh, okay. Yeah, name the five, bro. Uh, and... Um, Did Ricky Williams get a 2,000-yard uh, rusher? He did not. Bo Jackson? He did not. Jim Brown? He did not. Somebody most more recently. Um, I don't know. I think I'm one short. Who You're, am I missing? It, you know, you have great job. Eric Dickerson? Adrian oh, Derek Henry. Yeah, Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Lewis, 
Barry Saunders. Saunders? What am I talking about? <laughs> Terrell Davis, Chris Colonel Johnson, Saunders? OJ Simpson, and Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. So Derrick Henry's o- my fifth. OJ, I missed. OJ. I'm going to give you marks. I'm going to give you marks. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. I need to go out. Last question. Oh, shoot. last question. All right. Sorry, last question. All right. Who had the better record as an NFL coach, Steve Spurrier or Nick Saban? I think Nick Saban. You, you think correct. He was 15 and 17, and uh, Spurrier was 12 and 20. So, congratulations. Is that it? We're good? That's it, Pally. <laughs> That was a tough one. That was, uh, yeah, it was easy, yeah. Do that right. when you're, uh, yeah, holding stuff in, too, at the same time. All right. <laughs> do we have anything left to go out to? I think that's all we no. got for today. Yeah, man. Been watching uh, a show called The Goldbergs. It's all about uh, family in the 80s. And the music and stuff from there is phenomenal. The the nostalgia for video games and everything. And, um, yeah, we've got the roses wrong at one point. We're going out to this. This is what brings uh, me back to every football game ever I've played. You always listen to this somewhere in the locker room. Oh, Super Bowl is coming up. Make sure you get your snacks out. Make sure you cheer for your team. Watch it. Watch all the pregame hype. It's the best day of the year for hype-wise. Uh, live it up. Make sure you guys uh, tune in and, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. Subscribe to us. Like us. Do 